Welcome to a new episode of Fish On, the podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Reed, and I know absolutely nothing about fishing. So, let's get started. Joining me now is Scotty Martin, the star of the Horwood Lake episode from Fish On Season 2. Scotty, how are things going in isolation? Well, I tell you, uh, we're, we're all chomping at the bit to uh, to get out and wet a line. Uh, we're all safe and sound, and I hope others are doing the same, and they're equally safe and sound. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, that weather is only getting better, and the itch is now almost a full-blown rash uh, to get out of the water and wet a line. But uh, we have to be patient, and we have to be smart. So uh, until we get the go-ahead and the green light, stay safe, stay at home. Yeah, and you know this, uh, with there being better weather every day, it's people are like looking out of their windows and thinking, when can I get out there? And, and now the May 2-4 might be in jeopardy. I would say that uh, we're probably looking at bass opener as as the green light or the full fledged. You know, it's okay to go out and fish. Uh, it's not to say that anybody has has stopped us from fishing or said that we can't fish. It's just the access to water right. uh, that they've impeded. Um, so it's it's a message. It may not be clear in a lot of people's eyes, but if if they're closing these areas down, they're doing it for a reason, and obviously for the safety of yourself and the rest of the public, is the is the aim. So, you know, with that said, uh, until we get that green light, and perhaps it is bass opener that uh, we get out and enjoy the water. Again, I can't emphasize enough: stay home and stay safe. Yeah, safety is always number one. Um, so let's start with uh, Mr. Paul Eche. How did you guys meet or how did you guys find each other? Well, it, it actually started uh, a long, well, I wouldn't say a long time ago, but at least four or five years ago with the introduction of CFN. And uh, the community that has been created from CFN has brought great people to the forefront like Paul. Uh, I want to say that Tim, the Timmins area has sort of been our ground zero to where we really started to take flight and and uh, build momentum and of course a following uh, we have a great following in the area of Timmins and Paul is uh, a good reason for that uh, along with a host of other characters that we've met and uh, have joined te the team along the way uh, but uh, Paul is a very passionate very professional uh, person and I admire all the work that he does up in his community as well as uh, for the fishing industry and uh, I consider him a good friend Wow, I didn't think you were going to be that nice. I thought this was your time to let loose. <laughs> <laughs> he paid me well. He paid me well, Aaron. All right, so let's let's get a little bit about uh, your background. I mean, a lot of people get into fishing because of their father. They uh, take him out to a lake and they, they catch that fishing bug. So what was it like for you? Well, uh, going back many years, because I do uh, have a little bit of length in my teeth, uh, uh, in the tooth, as they say. But uh, I remember I was probably four or five years old. And my father had taken me out, just like my grandfather uh, as well. And, you know, I was getting pretty good at catching rock bass. We had a, a cottage up in uh, the Dorset area and uh, hook and bobber and a worm. I, I thought I was, I was a pretty good rock bass angler, uh, pretty confident in my skills. Anyway, all of a sudden, my father stood up, which what, what I thought I was reeling in yet another rock bass. He stood up and he said, don't lose that fish. That's a pickerel. Now, of course, that <laughs> creates a hotly debated uh, topic that I don't want to get uh, involved in. But uh, back then, of course, pickerel to us now is, is considered walleye, always has been walleye. But uh, 
a lot of our northern people still refer to it as pickerel. My father did as well. Anyway, he stood up, darn near flipped the boat over. Don't lose that. That's a pickerel. I, 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 whatever. Sure, I don't know what it is. Anyway, it came in. My dad filleted it up, and uh, let's just say I got hooked uh, from just the taste of the fish. And I understood the passion and saw the passion in my father's eyes during that moment. And it kind of got passed on to me, uh, I would say, a little bit long, I would say older in life. Um, of course, you know, growing up as a teenager, we're doing all kinds of things we're not supposed to do. But as soon as you get into your 20s, mid-20s, and you're settling down, you're having a family perhaps, things start to come back to you that you're fond of. And of course, that memory with my father was, was uh, something that I was never going to forget. Anyway, um, in doing so, I started to research walleye. And I got interested, I got that itch, as they say, to culture them, to be more um, involved in their management. So my father and I, long story short, we were going to go up and look at a piece of property up in the Orangeville area for the sole purpose of producing walleye, uh, rearing walleye. And we passed a, a quarry along the way, and of course it had lots of water, and my father being my father said, you know, have you asked them? Uh, if if we could use their facility, I said, Dad, that's an active quarry. Why why would I bother asking them? Dad did an about face. You know, you uh, turn on uh, major highway. I, I won't name uh, which one it is, just so uh, he remains uh, innocent. But we right place, right time. Walked in, told him what we were planning on doing, uh, our intentions, and of course, you know, they asked, well, what, what what can we do for you? I said, well, you know, a key to the place would be a good start. And the rest is history. Uh, I helped uh, supplement uh, walleye stocking for our MNR for at least seven years. We had good times. We had bad times. Uh, our last year was probably our most productive. We uh, we produced 60,000 fall fingerlings that are anywhere from six to eight inches long, um, and they were stocked in a river uh, very close to my home. So we helped out. We did our part, and then uh, eventually we, uh, we got kicked out of the rivers because there was uh, a lot of bad blood and politics that went along with what we were doing. So unfortunately it got kiboshed. I had, I started having kids that got involved in rep hockey. <clears throat> so I kind of stepped away from it, but coming back into it and I know I'm rambling, but coming back into it, uh, my wife turned to me after my kids have all done their rep hockey. And she said, you know, you should really get back into what you were doing with, with the fish. And I, I kind of took that as uh, a challenge and she turned to me, she said, you know, do what you got to do, but I, I would really like to see you pursue that because, you know, we're not getting any younger, and I know you were really passionate about that. Well, what has transpired from that engagement, which I will never forget on the couch in my den with my wife, has turned into what is CFN, what is Adopt the Walleye, and Scotty's Outdoors, and I'll tell you, they, as they say, the rest is history. I don't know what that is because uh, the future looks so bright for what we're doing. And uh, again, I can't emphasize it enough. I am so darn proud of our CFN community. Wow, what a story. That's <laughs> that's magnificent. Um, I just wanted to make two comments there, but I didn't want to stop you because you were on a roll. Um, my dad took me fishing. My uncles are huge into fishing and I never caught the bug. And in fact, the only impression I got from it was I hated putting the worm on the hook. I didn't like killing the worms. <laughs> it, it makes, and, and you're not alone. A lot, a, a lot of first-time anglers have that issue, and there's anglers still to this day that have that issue. So you're not alone, Aaron. Oh, that's good. I'm not alone. 
But, you know, I, I watch Paul and he's putting leeches on there. He's putting the minnows on there. And, and it's like, oh, no, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, last year we did an episode of Fish On where we had that uh, fry by the shore. And I'd never had walleye before. And I'll tell you, that was a good tasting fish. It's it's a it's a marvelous tasting fish, and of course, you know, this is the struggle that uh, that I have because the persona that a lot of people have with me is that I'm all about catch and release, and there are certain certain circumstances where you know what it is, it's important, it's imperative to the management of our walleye fisheries. But we all have a license, or at least I hope we do. We all purchase a license, and with that license, it gives you the ability to enjoy these fish as well. As much as I love throwing back those big walleye, just like you just mentioned, uh, I do enjoy you know a small feed of walleye every now and again. I wouldn't suggest that we do it all the time, but every once in a while, it, it doesn't hurt, as they always say, you know, in moderation. But uh, yeah, I tell you, they are a great tasting fish, and um, I, I encourage anybody who hasn't tried them, definitely, if you don't like that fishy taste that some fish have, Walleye's the fish for you. And that's what I was going to mention. I always thought those lake fish, you know, had that fishy, you know, uh, taste that people don't like. But, like, if somebody put down a halibut and a walleye, I don't, I'm not sure I would notice quite a difference. You're right. And, and, and as I said, uh, because of its its incredible taste uh, in, in terms of its blandness, because it's, it's like chicken. Right. Yep. Chicken at the sea, right? Yep. Uh, much like halibut. And I, I love a good chunk, good fillet of halibut just as much as I do yeah. walleye. So that's a great comparison that you bring up. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so your Canadian Fishing Network then, that, that came um, afterwards, after your kids had finished hockey. Yeah, it, it actually uh, it started with, uh, I'd, I'd been doing some walleye Wednesdays and they were just, you know, cool little videos where I was featuring people on social media. Um, obviously, uh, the whole idea behind it was promoting catch and release and, of course, of those larger walleye. Uh, a good friend of mine, Red Andel, noticed me on Facebook and reached out to me and he said, listen, I've started this group called the Canadian Fishing Network. Uh, I don't really know where I want to take it, but I do want to take it to the next level. He says, I've been watching some of your, your videos and I think you're the guy. So we had uh, we had a coffee about five years ago. We sat down, I'll never forget it, at a Tim Hortons, uh, had a coffee and, and discussed what our vision was for the Canadian Fishing Network. And holy crap, <laughs> where it has come from to where it is now is just outstanding. And I have to emphasize, this isn't just because of me. Uh, I, I wear the shirt for a reason. It is a team effort. And there have been some great individuals along the way and continue to be a part of it uh, that have helped us build the community to where it is now. So, again, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I am so proud of our CFN community. Wow, that's great. And were there any hurdles that you had to overcome? Um, not, you know what, knock on wood, I'll have to say, Aaron, not really. Um, one of the hurdles that we continue to deal with, of course, is our uh, demographic. Uh, we're, we're predominantly a male-based community, mm -hmm. and we're trying to change that. So we've implemented interesting things with uh, Ontario Women Anglers and Yvonne. We're doing segments each, each uh, month that are going to be focusing and um, basically using female anglers as the forte uh, to our live broadcast that we're, we're going to be doing. And of course, uh, every Monday we do a live uh, CFN live, but uh, we are implementing 
a more female-based content, uh, female angler-based content, which I think is a huge hurdle uh, because we definitely need to get more female anglers involved. And we want to give them platform through CFN uh, to present themselves and give them a chance to, you know, give us some how-tos, tips, tricks, and what have you. Uh, via our, our, our CFN Live to our CFN community. So that is that is definitely one of the hurdles that we deal with currently right now. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to make reference to a post uh, on your Facebook yesterday. Uh, Ashley Ray from She Loves to Fish. Uh, wow, she's all in. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And, and of course, you know, there's, there's lots of Ashleys out there. We uh, recently had Avery Rose, which is a young up-and-comer, as I would I would call it. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a, a young female angler that has uh, passion and then some. Uh, and of course, her father is a great editor of film and video. So the two go hand in hand. She has some incredible video shots and uh, videos that I encourage people to go over to YouTube and, and watch because her dad is quite the uh, camera guy and quite the editor. So of course, we, we have uh, a wide array, I would say, of talents. Uh, through our female angling community that uh, we want to present to our CFN community and try and, you know, uh, bring that demographic so that it's, you know, it's a little bit more even. Wow. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about your, your farm, your walleye farm. Did you yeah. just take me through uh, maybe a process or a day-to-day -day, uh, operation? So there, I, I'm lucky that there isn't a lot of uh, hands-on work. Uh, they're basically, you know, a, a brood stock that is is uh, reproducing on their own and uh, basically supplying them food, uh, w w which you know can be anything from uh, cage netting uh, perch from other ponds on the facility to implementing uh, a minnow transport uh, where a bunch of minnows get dropped off. I do creel samples. I know it might sound funny, but I do creel samples on the fish all the time to make sure that you know they look healthy. Uh, they're still growing. Uh, the average size is is getting larger. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do that kind of science behind it. But uh, I've learned a lot. These fish have have taught me a lot in in how they uh, basically conduct themselves, whether it be an inland lake or, or flowing water, uh, to you know how they feed, when they feed, what they feed on, um, pre presentations when it comes to bait, uh, how how you present that bait to them, certain things that they will hit and won't hit. I've learned a lot. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people had had told me in the very beginning was I was wasting my time. That uh, you know these these uh, ponds that uh, James Dick owns uh, would not support any aquatic life. Well, have we ever proved them wrong? Uh, not only do they support aquatic life, but they're allowing them to flourish. And uh, what I'm learning along the way is, it's incredible. It's priceless. Wow, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I mean, raising them on a farm, you must have some insights that uh, other fishermen wouldn't have just going out to catch them while you're actually raising them and seeing them in their habitat and seeing how they react to things. Exactly what you said. It's it's so true. Um, you know, we've both our both the fish and myself have learned a lot. They've learned how to, co you know, cohabitate in, in ponds that uh, have been uh, dug out by an aggregate company. So, you know, it's upwelling water, which is different for them. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's it's your typical walleye water. Uh, it's it's very different than what you would you would think of, uh, especially from where you come from, Aaron, up in the North Country, as walleye water. Um, so I've they they have had to adapt to that, 
And like you mentioned, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I've, I've become an expert because of these fish. But uh, these fish have definitely taught me a lot, and uh, I'm a better angler because of it. A friend of mine here in Ottawa, he mentioned um, about the fish in northern Ontario, and he said, oh, you know, you, you got to find out about the pickerel. And I know you mentioned this off the top, and you didn't want to get into it, but I think it's important. People need to know that there's a difference. Because I went to Paul, and I said, uh, what's this pickerel this guy's talking about? And he, he rolled his eyes and said, that's a walleye. They're called wall. <laughs> so is there a difference? Are they the same? Let's have it right now out. Scotty Martin, this is the final word. What is it? Okay, so um, I don't want to curb what has been said or used uh, to refer to these fish in the past. Uh, I honor, you know, our, our elders and people who, like my grandfather and my father, uh, I mentioned, uh, have, have taught me what a pickerel is, what a walleye is. Now, scientifically, there is no debate. The correct term is walleye. But I also don't get upset with people who refer to it as pickerel because really it's honoring, you know, the people that have come before me, albeit my grandfather, my father. That's how they refer to those fish. So it's it's a it's it's nostalgic and and uh, it's a keepsake for me that I don't necessarily get upset like some people do when these fish are referred to as pickerel, but the correct term is walleye. Now, having said that, if you were to refer to it as a yellow pickerel, people again would know what you're talking about, and a yellow pickerel can be in in a lot of cases deemed the same as a walleye. Where it gets confusing is when you get into chain pickerel and grass pickerel. Of course, they look more like a pike uh, than they do a walleye. So hence the reason walleye is the correct term. That is what I encourage people to use. But if you say pickerel, I know what you're talking about. All right. There it is from Scotty Martin, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, let's just wrap up the interview. We'll just say, uh, what's your message to all these anglers who are trying to get through this pandemic? Well, as we all are. Um, I, I think it's important, again, to reemphasize that, you know, our, our government and uh, our MNR are not telling us not to fish. Uh, I think it's key, though, to take into consideration the fact that all water access as it is right now is is closed. And there's a reason for it. And, and safety is paramount, especially with our northern communities. You know, us city folk uh, down here, you know, we can't wait to get up north, uh, but you know we have to be uh, on, on. We have to be unselfish in in how we conduct ourselves, so that when we do decide to venture north, there's implications in that decision. And of course, we could be bringing that virus north. Uh, their facilities up there aren't aren't set up to handle, you know, these pandemics and and outbreaks. So, I, if anything, I urge anglers to be cautious in their decisions and make sure that the decisions aren't about themselves. Uh, keep, you have to take into consideration a whole host of other people. So when you go to that Tim Hortons, when you go to that gas bar and you're coming from the city going north, you're bringing all that nonsense with you. And uh, I want people to be cautious of that. Uh, but be patient because once it does open, I'll tell you, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, suggestions, a lot of uh, things on, on uh, the web that uh, you know nature is starting to reclaim itself. These fish have allowed themselves to have a great spawn because we haven't been wading in the rivers or bugging them. So it's going to be a great hatch. And uh, I would say as good as the fishing is going to be this year, years to come, especially when we're talking about walleye slash pickerel, I think we've got uh, we've got some great future uh, fisheries to enjoy uh, because of this pandemic. Uh, 
I know it's it's shallow to say that, but um, you know the pandemic has has definitely not hurt uh, our fish communities. Uh, it has definitely affected our, our human communities, but the fishery has probably benefited from it. Um, and uh, for that, just be patient. We'll get out there soon enough, and we'll enjoy a wet line. But until then, stay safe and stay home. Let's focus on the positive and listen to the experts. Amen. All right. Amen. Thanks for joining us today, Scott. It was great to hear from you. and I'm really glad you're doing well. Thanks very much for this, Aaron. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Anytime. And now a word from our sponsors. Introducing Shimano DC Breaking. Digital control will provide trouble-free casting to all anglers. DC will greatly improve the casting and therefore the fishing experience for anglers of all skill levels. Make long, accurate casts regardless of wind speed or direction. DC Break provides trouble-free casting with a wide range of lures by simply adjusting the external dial. Even challenging casts are now within reach for all anglers. The newest innovation in braking systems, Shimano DC Brake. Albert Sports and Workwear has been a family-owned business for over 60 years. Our team excels in customer service and will help you during the COVID-19 pandemic. Our store is closed, but we are still available online or by phone with reduced hours for free delivery and curbside pickup. Send us a message through Facebook and we will happily send you photos or arrange a video chat with one of our staff to get you what you need. Your outdoor store at 822 Riverside Drive in Timmins. Hey, I'm Bob Azumi and you're listening to Fish On, the podcast. And joining us now, we have Paul Eche from Timmins, and I'm here in Ottawa, so we're practicing social distancing. And so, Paul, we were just talking to uh, Scotty Martin from the Canadian Fishing Network. So can you go into a bit of detail about how you developed a partnership with uh, Scotty? Well, Aaron, I mean, uh, we heard it from Scotty's interview that, you know, the Canadian Fishing Network has a lot of grassroots from their platform that was established here in Timmins. And I think, you know, being said that Timmins has a lot of followers and supporters of the Canadian Fishing Network because we truly believe in the things that they do and the message that they deliver. Now, you know, Northern Ontario per capita, I think we have a lot more population that actually uh, go out fishing and enjoy it. So I think that's why potentially the Canadian Fish Network established well in Northern Ontario and kind of was not one of their first chapters to start getting developed and continues to grow. So I can tell you that uh, the very first ambassadors, the brand ambassadors that the Canadian Fishing Network tries to establish in all local areas and communities uh, was Sébastien Lisotte and Christelle Vallée. And I think, Aaron, you filmed a couple shows with me and Sebastian. We're very good friends. And yep. Sebastian essentially was an ambassador and his wife, Christelle. So Christelle actually organizes the Metogamy First Nations uh, fishing tournaments that are sanctioned by the Northern Ontario Walleye Trail. So they were great, great ambassadors for the kickoff of the Canadian Fishing Network. And, you know, Sebastian, I could hear him talk a while back saying, you know, he's going to film a show with Scotty Martin and another guest that has a show on uh, the 
the World Fishing Network and that he was really excited and they're going to Fushimi and kind of all started and piqued my interest. And then I started following Scotty and Scotty actually started, uh, you know, every night, every Monday night at seven o'clock. So you'd be able to hear him. And so um, essentially what happened is Scotty decided, uh, along with Christelle, to come and promote the Metogamy First Nation Winter Pike Tournament uh, back in February, maybe four or five years ago. And, uh, you know, with Christelle and I, we planned to host Scotty and Red Andal. And I mean, we heard Scotty talk about Red Andal, which was kind of uh, another uh, developing partner in the Canadian Fishing Network. And <laughs> what great guys. I mean, Aaron, I'm going to tell you, we have stories of a lifetime from <laughs> that four-day trip that we did up there. Uh, so Scotty and Red came up a couple of days in advance. Uh, they stayed at my cottage and uh, we actually went out on a remote northern Ontario ice fishing trip. And we went out with a, a member from Metogamy First Nation, Larry Naval. Uh, Larry and I planned all the trip for Scotty and Red. And we went out fishing at this remote lake behind Gogama. And let me tell you, boy, oh boy, those Southern boys, like Scotty said, they've experienced a great trip. We had about a 20 kilometer snowmobile ride in. Uh, weather was cooperative, but you know, Scotty working outside all the time, he didn't even have a winter jacket. You know, he just had a hoodie on and his ski pants and he was fine. He enjoyed a great day. Those Southern Ontario guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, what can you tell me about the, uh, the CFN platform? So listen, what an amazing platform CFN has. So the Canadian Fishing Network kind of aligns with my goals, my personal goals, and that's essentially to get more people interested in fishing. And it doesn't matter if you're shore fishing, if you're boat fishing, if you're tournament fishing, or if you're out there just enjoying a day once or twice a year, their platform will get you interested and informed. Scotty brings guests on his show weekly. He talks about every type of fishing, every location. Anything about fishing is Scotty Martin and the Canadian Fishing Network. And the best part about it is that there's nobody that is not invited. All messages are very positive and essentially promoting Canadian companies. What better way to do it than any products that are developed in Canada, products that are made in Canada, lodges, resorts in Canada. That's what we're looking for. And that's what really is interesting to me. Um, Scotty has already always promoted the sport of fishing and in any way you can participate. Ice fishing is another one. All through the winter months, Scotty also has a show, talks about ice fishing. It's great to see. Wow. What a great, uh, what a great summary and a great thing he's doing over there. You know, Aaron, I'm going to tell you that, you know, Scotty, he, I've, I've been in communication with him quite frequently and it doesn't matter what it is from summer to winter or how busy he is. Scotty always makes times for your call and responds to you as frequently as he can. He's never once not responded to me or never once not called me back. And I'll tell you a story. I was in Kappas casing this summer fishing in a tournament and Scotty and I had scheduled a call and, uh, you know, sure enough, come 8 p.m., it was a Wednesday night or something, phone rings, it's Scotty Martin. I had forgotten totally about it. We had scheduled it. He called me 8 p.m. on a Wednesday night. It was a done deal. So uh, I know um, you have a connection with the uh, the Great Canadian Kayak Festival up in Timmins, uh, and you and Scotty uh, did something together last year, didn't you? 
Yeah, the Great Canadian Kayak Festival last year was actually looking into expanding uh, new areas for the kayak festival. And it's, a, you know, we're calling it a kayak challenge and festival. So the goal last year was to set up a fishing pavilion. And it was the inaugural year. We basically struck a committee. I helped out where I could. We had a significant amount of challenges. Uh, but I can tell you that Guy Lamarche and Marnie LaPierre from Tourism Timmins kick this off uh, top notch. And, you know, we were able to pull it off uh, where I participated on behalf of Fish On and Scotty Martin from the Canadian Fishing Network as well. We had many uh, speakers and um, fishing personalities that we would call it attend. And what a great event. So Scotty actually came up, uh, we kicked it off. He did a lot of live feeds at the event. And I think it triggered a lot of interest so much uh, that our plans are continuing for 2020 and future years. So, you know, they lined it up to come in Northern Ontario with a CFN retreat that they have at Horwood Lake Lodge. You know, Aaron, you were with us on Horwood Lake, beautiful lake, that area. So uh, there is a lodge owner there, Mike Brazo, that has Horwood Lake Lodge that they host the CFN retreat. There was one last year was their first one. They're planning for another one this year. And again, uh, we're going to have to uh, determine um, about the pandemic and see if that could happen or not. Uh, but right now, you know, we're making plans for the Great Canadian Kayak Festival. There's no cancellation at this time, although it is a big event. Uh, but that being said, doesn't matter if it's canceled for 2020. When we come to 2021, it'll give us that much more time to create a bigger and better event. Yeah, and the and the kayak festival is one of the biggest events in Timmins in uh, in terms of size, and there's there's such a range of different uh, things that go on there, and attracts a, a very large audience. Yeah, I think you know we heard Scotty Martin on the interview that he's actually targeting a different demographic right now, you know, and that's I think same with us at the Canadian uh, Great Canadian Kayak Festival and any fishing is to target the female anglers, and I think hearing Scotty say that in this interview uh, was just uh, instrumental to me that you know everything that we can do for the industry and to promote fishing for women anglers that is what we need to concentrate our efforts on right now, and Scotty's doing a great job with it, and we're going to try to implement a little section about that for the great canadian kayak festival fishing pavilion as well and, and a quick segue there to episode one of fish on was uh boys versus the girls episode one very <laughs> first episode of fish on uh in the month of may still on Kanagami sea lake in timmins it was my wife and sebastian's wife versus me and sebastian and and did we have fun <laughs> should we should we say who won on air or not? <laughs> ah, I mean, I think uh, it. You know, like we said all the time, and you heard Scotty Martin say it too, right? It's it. It doesn't matter about winning. It's the fun that we have doing it. I mean. Hey, we got to tease each other and I love teasing Scotty about it. But, you know, when we heard Scotty say that he could have spent a lot, many more hours on that boat talking to Perry Harvey because it was just such a great day on the water. And Aaron, I mean, you were able to participate in that episode. You were in that boat as well. You know, it, they, they didn't treat me any different. I felt like I was one of the guys fishing along with them. It's just that my, my fishing rod was a camera. That was the only difference. <laughs> um, I mean, from what I hear Scotty saying in this interview is that uh, uh, you guys, you also bantered him a little bit, something about butterflies and fish. Oh, yeah. Well, he wasn't catching anything. So I was like, you know, this is going to be either the worst episode of Fish On or it's going to be called Butterfly On because there was nothing <laughs> happening. Uh, we just had a great time. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the future of, of Fish On because last year you tried 
some new things that you've never done before. Like uh, you added in the ice fishing episode, which is something that you'd wanted to do. And we, we added a three-day uh, tournament going up to Geraldton, which was a big deal. And it was a special uh, one-hour episode. So what do you see um, happening going into the future? And, and if this season does, uh, uh, does kick off, uh, what's in the future? Aaron, first and foremost, I think there is a future. Uh, whatever shape or form it takes, uh, there is definitely a future for fish on. I think we've built it so far, uh, come this way, uh, that we're not going to let it go now. Now, challenges, obviously, there are many challenges. And, you know, uh, we're working with our community TV partner, Eastlink, right now to plan for the 2020 season and personally for myself uh because of all of the cancellations in the tournament that just gives me more time so i would love to increase the capacity of filming for fish on uh and i think we're going to look into some social media filming of some sort some live broadcasts some live feeds some podcasts obviously that we're venturing in now thanks to you and uh you know so so there is definitely a future uh how it's going to roll out is uh for the future to see. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to have a partnership develop with you, Aaron, because I think together, uh, we talked about it many times even before this podcast, that together, I think we can make good things happen. Well, thanks for joining us today, Paul, for another exciting episode of Fish On, the podcast. To our listeners, continue to check our Facebook page for news, events, and further podcasts with special featured guests. Until next time, keep safe, and we'll see you next week. That's a wrap.